Hello and welcome back to another episode of the To Be Wed podcast. My name's Emily and I'll be your host. And I'm Mike and I'm your co-host. And this week is a pretty exciting one, I think. It is... We're going to dive into our actual budget we spent. So we did do a budgeting episode months back, way before our wedding, um, which predicted our budget. And now we're going, we've looked through all the receipts and now we're going to go through each of the costs. Yeah, we spoke about our budget in episode two of the podcast and to this day that is still one of our most listened to episodes. So we thought we would give you guys a little bit of an update on what our budget for our wedding ended up actually being. But before we jump into that, I want to address last week's episode or last week's lack of episode. We were actually planning on releasing this episode last week, but um, we got halfway through recording last week's episode and we got to the end of it and realized that um, we'd only recorded half of it and it hadn't been recording the second half of the episode. So this is our second time recording this episode. So hopefully that works out well for you guys because we don't have to go over. We've already got it really down pat about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we've had our practice run, so uh, no excuses for a bad episode this week. Super frustrated last week when we found out that we'd recorded a whole episode, but only half of it had recorded and we just could not be bothered to go back and re-record it again. So we thought we'd just, we just leave it a weekend and come back again fresh this week. So we're going to jump straight into this episode and I'm going to break down the numbers straight away from the start. So this may get a little bit boring at the start, but I really want to run through some of the numbers first and then we'll do a bit of an explainer at the end about things we spent money on, things we saved money on um, and unexpected costs that came up along the way as well. So we're going to jump into all of that at the end but please do stick around through this whole budgeting episode because um, I am going to be explaining a few of the numbers up front. Just so we're on the same page before we jump into it, we're including all expenses that went into our wedding day both from mine and Emily's separate costs. So we're including all of those as well as everything that went into the day. We're not including things that happened beforehand. We're not including engagement parties. We're not including our engagement rings. We're also not in including each other's rings in this as well, um, not including our hands and bucks and other things like that. So we're not including anything that happened before our wedding day, but we're including all costs that went into our wedding day, including like hotels and including all our attire, other things like that. So everything is in here and this is um, just to be upfront with you guys so you know what's included in our budget. Obviously, you can take your budget however you'd like to include as many things as, as you want. I've always encouraged people to include as much as you possibly can so you have a good understanding of everything you're spending money on. But obviously, you don't have to include all of these things if you didn't want to. So the grand total that we spent on our wedding turned out to be $25,800, um, which was a little bit over what we predicted last time, but I think still pretty much in the ballpark of where we were aiming to spend. Yeah, I think that it's pretty much right on. Anyone who is in the swings of wedding planning will also know that some of the costs might be $50 to $100 and you'll just pay that out of like weekly expenses. I know we did. So even though it was that much, I don't. it didn't feel like that much because it's not like you paid it in one go. Yeah, exactly. And as we'll jump into, that price is not broken down into a lot of different costs. There's a few main costs in there that equate for most of that and then the rest of it, as you said, is just smaller, other, other small little things that we didn't really um, add into or didn't really feel the strain of up front. Now, I've broken down our expenses into five categories, and I'm going to go through those now, and then we're going to dive into them um, a bit more detail, but I want to give you a rundown of, of what we actually spent all of our money on. And those five categories are the venue, our attire, our decor, our vendors, and other miscellaneous 
expenses. So those are the five categories we broke it up into. We just we just thought that was um, the easiest way to go about it. And we didn't actually have a lot of expense categories, as we said in the start, that we really needed to break it down any further than that. So that really helped us um, know where we were spending money on things. For the venue, we spent about $13,500 on the venue. So just a bit over half of the total budget costs were on the venue. And we'll go into what's actually included in that, but just have a think about that from the start, that over half of the costs there is on the venue. Now, our venue was an all-inclusive venue, so that includes a lot of the food as well, the food and drink package in that as well. But just just to make sure that we are clear there that probably half of half our costs were spent on the venue. Another $5,000 was spent on our attire. So this is like Emily's attire, my attire for the day, other things we paid for the groomsmen and the bridesmaids included in that as well. Um, so thinking about that, thinking about alterations, other things in there. Um, about $2,500 was spent on decor. There's a few different things that go into that. So we'll, we'll definitely touch on that. Um, another 2000 another 2500 spent on the vendors. Um, so we'll go into who our actual vendors were, but another two and a half thousand on the vendors, and then about another two thousand on other miscellaneous expenses that we really couldn't stick into a definitive category. But there were other things that that do come along um, with planning your wedding day and things like that. So that was what we wanted to break it up into, and that's what came to about twenty five thousand dollars, about twenty six thousand dollars, somewhere in that ballpark there. So that was pretty um, well how we broke it up, and and we're going to jump into. A few of those things now. Do you want to start on the venue and explain to people what was actually included in our venue costs and what we actually paid in there? Because it's not just the actual venue hire because surprisingly the the venue hire was probably like the cheapest part. Yeah. So as you said, our venue was all inclusive. So this included um, our food. So we had two course alternate drop. Um, We also, I mean, that also includes um, the the cocktail hour food, which we had about, I think it was four platters um, and then a drinks package as well. So I think that was, there was a white, a sparkling, a red, a beer, two beers. It was about five drinks, something like that. Um, And it was for six hours. So from five o'clock to 11 o'clock. And part of that cost was also an additional hour. So our venue originally only had us booked from five till 10. Um, We wanted an additional hour. So we went from five till 11. And that was because um, we wanted a longer dance floor and we also wanted a cocktail hour. So we did get a lot. Um, there were lots of inclusions, like we got a bridal prep room for that. We got up lights, um, table service, all those little things that you would expect from an all-inclusive venue. Yeah, I think when we worked it out, it came out to about $140 a head when you included the meal. So, so that was like a two-course meal um, and drinks package for like six hours and also the, all the grazing platters at, at the cocktail hour. So 140 a head is not a lot, but it actually came out to like when we included our 80 guests, it was like just over 10000 on on actual head costs so ten thousand dollars on per head cost you have a think about that in a twenty six thousand dollar budget that's like over like forty percent of our budget is in is in per head costs for at our reception yeah and we were in a really unique position where we actually didn't have a venue higher cost so um as long as you had so for our room we needed a minimum of 80 and that means they were already making over ten thousand dollars so there are some venues where you do play, pay a higher cost on top of the head cost. We were very fortunate, didn't didn't have that. Now, all of our food 
was included in that cost at the reception venue. So that was an all-inclusive thing. But another thing, another venue hire that we had to pay for was our ceremony. Now, our ceremony um, venue at the church, we actually had to pay a cost for, and that was about $2,500 by the time we factored in the venue hire cost, but then also having someone to control audio um, at the church by the time we got that all included and to actually have that for the like two hours that we had it for, it came in about $2,500. So that really added an, another big chunk onto um, our already inflated budget that we probably weren't expecting to start with, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of dive into where you can save money, but it was an add-on for us because we did have a religious ceremony, which it excluded a lot of those all-inclusive venues that include ceremony and reception. And I think really to get out of it, with only spending like fourteen thousand dollars on the on our reception venue and our ceremony venue, I think is pretty good um, compared to a lot of all inclusive venues where ceremony and receptions on the same place. You'd be paying at least over fifteen thousand dollars for that. So I think I was okay with the cost of the church hire, I th- but I think it was definitely an unexpected cost, and it was an, a definitely a cost that we could have avoided, right? Had we gone to a different church, but we really wanted to be able to stay within the location, and we'll and we'll talk a bit about that a bit later on in this episode. But I'm really glad we went with that church and I think we still got away with it pretty cheap um, in terms of other all-inclusive venues. Let's now move on to attire because this was one of the biggest um, costs for us coming in at about $5,000, just over $5,000 in our $25,000, $26,000 budget. Overall, that's about like 20% of our budget was on attire costs. There's quite a few different things included in this. Do you want to run through um, so some of those costs. I know most of them are on your, on your end, but I'm going to have some included in there as well. Yeah, so the attire category is quite a broad one, although something I think to me was more expensive than I originally anticipated and probably more than I originally or we originally wanted to spend on attire. But it does include my dress, your suit, um, both of our shoes, any accessories that includes things like earrings or bracelets or even the veil. Um, And it also, a big one, includes altering. Yeah, and I think there'd be a lot of people out there saying like only $5,000 on your whole attire for both people. Like there'd be people that spend more than $5,000 on the dress alone. So to be able to get away with all our attire under $5,000 is is quite good and it is. But when you put that into perspective of we were originally aiming to do our wedding under like 20000 when we originally started, aiming to do it under 20000 So to spend $5,000 on attire was quite a big like shock to us. And there were a lot of expenses that did come up in there um, that we really weren't prepared for. But there were also some things that we didn't compromise on. Like you were happy to go a bit cheap on your dress, but we decided not to go a secondhand dress or decided not to get one like as a rental or some things like that. So how much did you end up spending on your dress? Because I think that's something that a lot of people are going to be interested in, especially on the budget end of trying to plan a wedding, because I think that is one of the big expenses that do come up. Yeah. So my dress was $2,500. And then I also, because of lockdown and other things, I had to get... Um, a rush fee. So the rush fee was a hundred. And then I think the shipping of the dress was like 50 or something. So it was just over 2,600, which is on the cheaper end of dresses, which kind of shocked me because originally I didn't want to spend that much, but most dresses I would say are about three grand up. And then you also had the altering on your dress as well, which added another pretty substantial cost on top of what already was um, an overpriced dress for within our budget 
Yeah. So my altering was $500. And to be honest, I didn't expect it to be that much. I expected it to sit around $250. Um, so $500 was a touch touch more. To be fair, she did do quite a bit of work. So she hemmed the dress. She took it in an inch on each side, added a bone, and then also added um, a place for detachable straps, which in hindsight, I didn't use the straps. So there was no need. But um there was quite a lot of work done, but yeah, 500 altogether. And I think that's like just shows the point of like, you don't know until you know, you like, you don't know what you don't know. We had never, you know, gone through this process before. We'd never been around anyone who'd been married before. So to know like how much altering would be, and you sort of go to an alterer and just be like, hey, I need all this done. You don't actually go around and ask for like a price off heaps of different alters. You're just happy to pay whatever they charge you really. So you know, it, it, it can become expensive, especially if you don't know what you're getting yourself in for. But altering was a big cost for you too. Do you want to break down your altering? Yeah, so my um, attire, so my suit and my shirt came in at about like $550 by the time I'd included all of that, which was pretty good and I was happy to spend that. That's probably what I'd normally spend on, on any old suit for any old occasion. I probably didn't go crazy on the suit. But then um, as we touched on, I think, in a previous episode about things you will forget to plan for your wedding. I forgot to get my suit altered um, up until about two weeks before our wedding. So I then had to get it like rush altered in the last two weeks and I ended up spending like $500 to get it altered. So I spent more than the actual cost of my suit. So I just had my had my suit pants taken in, had them, had them shortened and had my jacket taken in as well, had the arms, had the sleeves shortened and, and taken in. And that, and that actually cost more than the suit itself. So um, that was a big expense that I was not expecting, but also something that I had forgotten and it was okay to pay that towards the end because it was something that really impacted my day. Yeah, and I think this is one thing about budget is the mistake room that you need to leave within the budget. So part of the reason that your altering cost was expensive is because you had it previously altered and then the altering job was no good. So the person actually had to undo the other person's altering, which I'm sure added to the cost. Um, and this came up a couple of times in our invites, getting the wrong colored paper, things like that. Um, it does start to add up when you make mistakes, especially if you're doing DIY or cheaper because you're not paying a professional um, to do that. Whereas if like for my dress, often wedding stores will have an ultra they use and therefore it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and this is like what we spoke about on episode 28 about paying um, a bit extra when you go through all these vendors when it comes to planning anything for your wedding. They're actually charging more in case mistakes happen. They're charging more so that they take on that accountability um, if things go wrong. You know, if you, if you did send it to a professional ultra and, and they made a mistake first time around, then it would be on them to fix them. You know, I just had it had it altered by someone who who probably didn't do a great job, but they did inside the scope of what they were asked to do. So you, you can't really go back to them and, and ask them to, to redo it again, especially if you're going to do a lot of DIY stuff as well. If you're taking that on, well, you're probably going to have to go through a bit of trial and error and there is going to be expense that, that does come along with that, that you're not going to be happy with everything the first time around. So there's going to be more expense, but probably, you know, it's not going to be as much as if you went to another vendor and they're going to add on that extra bit of price regardless if they make a mistake or not. And just finally on attire, I know you touched on it before, but another big cost for me that didn't really register until we sort of got to that last sort of few months was all the other like accessories that go along with it. Like your pair of shoes, I bought a pair of shoes, I bought a belt, I bought a tie. I bought heaps of other things to actually go along with my outfit and I know that you did as well, just other little small bits of jewelry and things like that that you don't sort of 
include in your budget when you're first thinking about a tire, but they do add up. Like these may be like $50 to $100 here and there. And depending on how big your budget is, these may not be things that you're even including. But for us, we really wanted to include everything in, into our budget that really went into our, our wedding day. So these things added up to probably like $500 in the end. Um, and that was a substantial amount when it came to our budget. So that added a little bit more money on the end. So do think about those things when it comes to your budget that you have to have a little bit more money. And yes, you may not need that up front. As we said, these probably aren't going to break the bank because you don't need to buy them all up front. You can sort of move them and, and sort of space them out as you go along. But these are things to definitely consider when you are planning how much you're going to spend on your wedding day. Now, the next largest category that we came to was our decor, which came in at about $2,600 on decor costs. Now, there's two big things in here that really inflated the cost of our decor because we really didn't have a lot of decor at our reception venue. We didn't really go all out on flowers. We didn't have um, all out on, on decorations at all, really. But there were two big things that really inflated the cost of our decor. Do you want to talk about those and talk about how much we actually paid for them? Yeah, so the biggest cost was our fairy lights. And I know we've touched on this in a previous episode, but essentially our venue had an affiliation with a vendor where they could set up both drapery fairy lights and essentially like a fairy light wall that's up behind the bridal table. Uh, we decided to add those um, because our venue space was pretty plain um, and wasn't 100% the venue we would have chosen if we had a larger budget. But it cost $2,100 to put up some fairy lights, which is insanity. But in saying that, um, we didn't have to source the fairy lights ourselves. They had the vendor already doing it. And as we touched on in another episode, sometimes you pay the premium just so it's easier for you. Yeah, I think that was definitely the case here. Like so much money. When you think about what it actually was, um, just to have a like a wall of fairy lights hung and then some drapery along the roof with a few fairy lights. Um, so much money, but also like so much worth the actual cost as well. Like it, it made the space feel so much more homelier, so much nicer, so much more like a wedding because we didn't go to a lot of decor costs. We didn't spend a lot on styling the room. So to have those few little touches, yes, they may have been a lot of money, but they added so much more value, I think, to the space because as you said, we weren't totally happy with the space. We sort of went with the space because it was on, on the more sort of budget end. But to add a few things that sort of made the space feel more, a bit more us, a bit more nicer, that we didn't again have to do a lot of work with. We didn't have to because we did do a lot of stuff ourselves. That that was one of the only vendors we brought in to actually style the place. Totally worth it in my books. Yeah, and then the other cost. So if you listen to the number that we said first, two thousand one hundred out of that doesn't leave much more for things like flowers and also the table decorations and just the room decorations. So flowers, we were really lucky. Our flowers came in at two hundred and fifty dollars, and that included five bouquets, five boutonnieres. It included flowers for around the room, included leaves for the table, it included a bridal table runner um, and flowers for the church. So amazingly good, very lucky. My sister-in-law is amazing at putting flowers together and it looked absolutely beautiful. Um, and we went to the flower market locally in Sydney, which isn't something we could have done if we got married outside of Metro Sydney. So very lucky in that way. And then obviously the rest of the money um, goes to other little things. Like we brought wood rounds, which for all our tables was like $110. And we brought candles and um, clear glass to sit them in um, and also cheesecloth runners for our table. So I think that came in at like 
250, 300, somewhere along there to bring us to the 2,600 total of our decor costs. The next largest cost at about $2,500 were our other vendors. Now, we only had three other vendors. We had a photographer, we had hair and makeup artist, which I'm going to include as one, and then we had the cake maker for our wedding cake and also our cupcake. So those are our three vendors. Um, we didn't choose to have any other vendors there and I think that was a big way that we did save a lot of money. We've spoken about that before, but those three vendors only came in at about $2,500 on our personal cost. Do you want to talk about how that was broken up and, and how we sort of saved a bit of money there? Yeah, so we had our photographer came in at like 1800 or something um, and that included things like engagement photos, included 10 hours of photography um, and a ton of photos. So he was quite cheap. He was a friend of a friend. And then we had hair and makeup artist, which um, it did come over to a thousand. However, my portion, because my bridesmaids paid for their hair and makeup, it came to about 550-ish. Um, that included two people, my own hair and makeup, um, and also travel costs. Oh, and the trial as well, which was $270. Um, and then the final vendor, as you touched on, was the cake maker, although we kind of did it a bit strangely. So we got cupcakes um, and then just one tier of a cake to sit on top um, and they were all plain. So I'm pretty sure the cake that sat on top was like 120-ish, which kind of <laughs> doing doing quick maths, I know it all came to 350. So it was just over 250 for um, about 70 cupcakes as well. Yeah, so not really a great deal on all our vendors there. As we said, the most expensive vendor was our photographer and that was only 1800 for everything that we got. And most people would pay more than $2,500 just for a photographer alone. So we were very happy to get away with that at what we did because those were going to be expenses that, that really would have added up had we had more vendors. And that was a strategic move that we made to not have as many vendors there because we were happy with just having the bare minimum and not really going over the top on all our vendors. And so that leaves us with our last category, which was miscellaneous costs. That came in at around $1,700, which included things like our hotel for the night before, the night of, included our invitations as well. I didn't really know how to, how to really categorize those. Those came in at around $350 for all the invitations by the time we included actually making them. And we've, we've made a whole episode on our invitations, so go back and have a listen to that one as well if you want to hear a breakdown of how we made our own invitations. Um, included other little bits and pieces that we needed for decorations for the day, like, like our ceremony booklets, other small little bits like travel and, and other bits and pieces in there. There's not a lot in there after you include our hotel, which I think was like $1,000. So um, there's not a lot of other different things apart from that, but it is an expense that I wanted to actually account for because we knew we had to get a hotel when we did book a ceremony venue that was away from our house. So that is pretty much well, that is all our costs and how we break it down. So some of the ways that we actually save money is by what we didn't include. And one of the really big ways that we save money was what our bridesmaids and grooms people um, contributed to. So we, for me, my bridesmaids paid their hair, makeup, and also their dresses. Um, we did talk about it in our brides, how to choose your wedding party, but um my bridesmaids dresses were relatively cheap and they were also something I knew that they, the bridesmaids could wear again and again. I know that you did something pretty similar with your, your groomsmen. 
Yeah, I allowed my grooms people to all wear a black suit. Um, and I did that for a strategic reason of I knew that they would all wear it again. I knew it was something that they they may I knew it was something that they may even possibly have already. Um, so that was easy enough for them, and they all went out and bought their own outfits as well. So that was really nice of them to contribute to that. But I also felt okay because I knew it was something that they were going to wear again. I think if you're in a hard situation where you're really wanting bridesmaids groomsmen to wear a specific type of thing specific outfit then you've probably got to pay for it yourself if it is something that they're never going to wear again if it is way out of their budget if you know that it's crazily priced um, and it's a really strange thing that they're probably never going to wear again hard to ask them to pay for it but always have a chat to them about it and i think especially if you're on a budget i think people are happy to help out um, with those different things as you said your bridesmaids dress is well what like 80 dollars each that's not a lot on a dress, especially if you're heading out for a night out. That's probably what you'd pay for any old dress anyway. And for like a black suit for all the grooms people, they're probably going to wear that again anyway. It's nice to have one in your wardrobe. It's not something that's really strange. And I did toss up the idea of having like a grey suit, a uh, charcoal grey suit, which I probably would have had to pay for had I have asked that because that's not something you probably would need to have ever again. Um, so just, just those little things. You also talked about hair and makeup. You made bridesmaids pay for that how how did you approach that because i think that's a, a definite thing that a lot of people are um interested in how they ask about that in their budget yeah so there were some really key things that i made sure when i booked my hair and makeup artist um one that they had like a relatively low minimum um so hair and makeup artists do charge a minimum based on the number of services but i did give everyone the opportunity as to whether they wanted to have their hair and makeup done. And if they did want to, I allowed freedom on what they wanted to have done. So I know a lot of people want all their bridesmaids in the same hair or they want them all in the same makeup or whatever it might be. Um, my bridesmaids ended up all deciding on the same makeup. Um, it was a pretty stock standard look, um, but then they, they had the freedom to choose their own hair. One of the other massive ways where I think we saved thousands of dollars um, was actually on our limited use of vendors. So we obviously didn't get a DJ. Um, we used Spotify. We also didn't get a videographer. And we also got married in a church, which means we didn't actually have the additional cost of a celebrant. So already there, like a, a videographer typically is around three grand and upwards. So that's 3000 A DJ is at least two. And then a celebrant comes in about 800 So we saved almost $6,000 just in our limited use of vendors. And even like the vendors we did use, um, our photographer was pretty cheap. We also didn't use a florist um, as well. As we said, we designed our own florals and went and bought those ourselves. We didn't really have a cake. You know, we didn't have a large cake that was heaps of money either. So these are all ways that we didn't need to use other vendors. We had a friend, MC, who did an amazing job at MCing. We talked about that of how to, you know, episode of how to include friends and family um, is ask, ask a friend or family member to MC. I think they most often than not are going to do a way better job than any professional you can hire because they're going to know you a lot better anyway. Um, you might not have to actually pay them any money, but you can actually buy them something, just buy them a little gift, help them out in some way, you know, and, and most people are happy and honored to be able to do that for you. So these are easy ways to, to really save money. And I'm really glad that we went the way we did. Another huge way we saved money was by limiting our guest count. As I said in the beginning, it was like, came out to be about $140 a head cost. Now we said we had an 80 person minimum, so we had to at least invite 80. We did, we did in fact invite 80. Um, it just worked out 
that it had worked really perfectly. And we think when we when we first calculated, we had about eighty five, and then a few people actually couldn't come, so it worked out just on eighty, which worked really well for us. But had we have had a larger guest count, it would have been a lot of extra money. You know, you're, you're talking an extra ten people. That's an extra like fifteen hundred dollars. Extra twenty people is an extra three grand on top of a pretty small budget already. That can really inflate it. So a lot of people out there with guest counts of like 120, if you can get that down to 100, you might be saving yourself a lot of money on what is already a small budget. If you have a big budget anyway, maybe that's not going to be like a make or break. Maybe that small little amount isn't going to break the bank. But that for us was a big deal. And we made sure that we didn't go too far over what we actually had to spend on. I think one of the most interesting parts about a budget is how fluid it is. And what I mean by that how fluid it is and how much it changes from maybe when you're thinking about having a wedding to when you're engaged and to what it actually ends up being. And so pre-engagement, when we start to get into the talks of like, oh, we should we should get married one day. I remember having a conversation, we were like 10 grand. Then when the conversation got a little bit more serious, we're like 15. And then when we got engaged and we started to get those costs, it it didn't look possible to even go under 15. I remember then we were like, okay, 15 to 20. And then obviously we ended up at 26. So um, it was a lot more. And I think think that comes to the emotional attachment that you grow to your wedding and you grow to getting married of like 10 grand. That seems great. It doesn't matter if you have to cut anything because you're marrying the person, you, you know, that you love which is still true. Um, You know, you can definitely do a wedding under 10 by cutting a lot of things out. But um, I think once you're in wedding planning and you think, no, this is really going to make my day, then you start to care less about, about the cost. So one of the biggest things that surprised me before getting into wedding planning and then when we started was just how much weddings are for one day. Like, to have the amount of people that you want around you. Like I can't imagine having a much smaller wedding than 80. That that really was some of our nearest and dearest. Uh, so there wasn't – so to have that many people, really we had to have 10 grand, whether we did it all completely ourselves or not. Um, I really think if you can get under 10, it's amazing. So – you know, pre-engagement, Emily was very hopeful, but yeah, good luck if you're trying to do that. And I think our reception venue was a bit of an anomaly, right? Like we were so shocked when we went and looked at reception venues about how much they were, especially here in Sydney, the price of places charging for five or six hours to have a reception there. We're talking like $200 a head was like a good average at a lot of places, $180 a head. A lot of the venues we really liked to look of that first started, but then it turned out to be like almost every venue. Like we couldn't really find one in the area that we wanted to get married that was under that price. And I think we were really lucky in the end that we found the one we did that was really priced sort of in our budget, but it was still higher than what we expected to pay. But I think once you compare and contrast other places, your expectations change. And that was us for sure at the start like we started thinking oh we're going to have to easily pay over fifteen thousand dollars for a reception because we're just not going to be able to find somewhere in the location that we had and then it started to run through our mind should we like compromise on location should we have a smaller wedding should we you know change the time of the year we're getting getting married should we even get married on a friday just to be able to save money these were all things that we were thinking and, and it's so hard because you don't know how much it's going to cost before you've started like no one really teaches you how much these things are going to cost before and and so to not know that especially when the reception venue and the whole venue hire is going to be 
over half of our budget anyway. It's going to be like the main component of your whole budget to think that it was already inflating what we thought was going to be our whole budget was just crazy. And, and so we had to really change expectations at the start. In the end, we were sort of hoping for between like twenty to 25000 I think I'm pretty happy with where we ended up at 26000 It's pretty pretty close and, and, and pretty um, comfortable for what we had and I wasn't annoyed that we spent money on a lot of different things. As you said, you start to not really care when you get to the end. I think we had a lot of expenses towards the back end. Small things do add up and I think that is something that shocks a lot of people. $100 here and there can quickly add up to three grand You know, over the course of a month when you're just scrambling around in that last sort of month or two trying to buy things, trying to buy bits of decor, trying to change your outfits, trying to do altering, trying to, you know, add in a hotel for the night of, the night before, you know, you're adding in transport costs, who knows, other things that you haven't haven't planned for. These things add up. And so if you're not thinking about that in your budget right at the start now, if you're at the start planning phase of your budget, if you're starting to look at your venues and things like that, make sure you include as many of these things as you possibly can into your budget because they will, if you're planning on like 20,000, they may push you over to like 25. If you're planning on those little things, if you're not adding those in at the start, they will sort of tip you over because you're always going to forget things. There are always going to be things that you're going to be okay with spending money on in the last two months that you weren't happy to spend money on in the, in the first two months when you're really strict on your budget. That is going to sort of wane. And, and if you're not um, really strong on including everything you possibly can, these are costs that are going to slip by. In speaking on the budget, are there any particular ways that you would have or things that you wouldn't have included now that we're at the end stage? Are there any things you would have saved money on by not really including? I know we've touched on sort of our cake before. We probably wouldn't have had a cake um, and that may have saved us a little bit of money, but we didn't spend a lot of money on our cake. Was there anything else? I know me, I probably would have gone with an, an altar earlier. That's like a just a, a thing like hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have made sure I didn't leave that to the last minute. We've talked about our sort of fairy lights and drapery. I think I was pretty happy with that that cost. Like it came in at $2,000 but pretty happy with that cost. So I wouldn't have said that was – it is exuberant for how much it is and, and to actually have a look at it, you think, wow, $2,000 just for just to hang some fairy lights, that's a lot of money. But I was pretty happy with the expense in the end. Anything else that really comes to mind for you? Not really. I think that we kind of did the bare minimum for – not the bare minimum, but I think we got the best out of the budget that we had. I think we soaked it for all it was worth. The, I mean, there's obviously ways that you could always save money. Like, for example, our invites. Like, I know someone recently who just printed off a website. And it's really cheap. Um, probably doesn't even need to be 350 especially if you're sitting at our, our guest count amount. So we could have reduced there. Our church, even though it was beautiful and I'm really glad we went for it, it was double the size than what we needed um, and it was really beautiful. But if we were looking for places to reduce that cost, we could have probably halved that cost um, and saved ourselves $1,000. Or like reduced it entirely, like really. Like we probably could have got married in a church somewhere out in the suburbs and probably not had to pay any higher fee or just be able to make a donation. Um, so we probably could have saved ourselves about $2,000 there. But I was really happy with like in terms of the – location and the vicinity to our reception venue and that was one of the really big things that we went with our church for was because it was close to our reception venue um, it was in a really nice area so happy we spent money on that yeah and i think that at, at the end of it all people don't remember the details but they remember the feeling and i think that contributed to the feeling of like some of the weddings that we've gone to where there's no travel between the ceremony and reception are some of the best 
weddings that we've been to, ones where we have had to travel, it's just a little bit annoying. Like it's, and, and we don't mind traveling, but when it's a long way or there's no easy way to get there, it's just frustrating. And that puts a little bit of a stain on the day. Not, not terribly, but it does contribute to the feeling. And I think that that's what helped us. There was a little bit of travel, but it was 15 minutes. So it really wasn't far and no one felt like they were in a rush. And you're talking about travel costs for us, but also travel costs for you or your guests as well. Like as a guest, I don't want to be traveling an hour between reception and ceremony venues because I'm going to have to also have to travel on the way back as well because I'm going to have to probably get a hotel either near the reception or the, or the ceremony venue. So I'm going to have to travel in the morning and in the evening. Um, so that just makes everything hard. If you can try and get them all pretty close together, then it makes everyone's life a lot easier. Um, it isn't just about you, it's about everyone else who you're inviting to your wedding as well. In that spirit of closing out this episode, I really want to say thank you to everyone who contributed to our wedding as well. So we didn't pay $26,000 out of our own money. I want to make that very clear at the end of this. We did get some contributions um, from other family members as well and we want to say thank you to those guys for contributing. We spoke about that on our last episode about family, about how we made those contributions. So we didn't actually plan for those contributions at the start um, and that was why a big reason why we wanted to keep our budget really low. But then when we got those contributions at the end, it was really a big relief for us to not have to pay so much money. Yeah, and also thank you obviously to goes out to anyone who contributed to our wishing well. That obviously went a long way even though it was on the wedding day so didn't necessarily pay for any of the upfront costs. It did help us uh, fill our bank accounts and spend um, some things um, and not be completely broke. So that was really nice. Um, and, yeah, I don't think we could have had the wedding we did without those people who did contribute. Well, on that note, I think that is where we're going to leave today's episode, guys. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope this was a really good insight into our budget for our wedding. I know we tried to do it a bit on the cheap, so there were a lot of people out there who have been really interested in how much our wedding came out to be, the total cost of our wedding, um, and everything that really went involved into our wedding. From everything we've heard from a lot of our guests, no one really assumed we were on that much of a budget because it, it seemed like a really nice wedding from everyone who was there, and we've got that. Um, sort of feedback from a lot of different people asking how much we spent because they really thought we spent a lot more than that. So hopefully we surprised a few people, but hopefully we've given you some ideas about how you can save money and how you can sort of reduce your budget as well. If you did enjoy this week's episode, guys, we would really appreciate it if you could share this episode around with a friend or a family member who you think could also enjoy this, could also actually gain something from hearing a bit about the budget if they're in the early stages of their planning or even at the end stages when they're thinking about some of the different things to add into their budget. Um, I think it's always helpful to be thinking about your budget well in advance, but also right up until the end as well, adding as many things into your budget and making sure you're keeping on top of how much money you're spending on different things because your budget can easily bloat to be a lot more than you originally expected it to be. Also, if you've been enjoying any of our recent episodes, guys, I would love it if you could leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps Emily and I be able to get our show out to more people to be able to get this information out to more people because that's why we sit here and record these episodes each and every week because we love to be able to help other people that were in our position and we didn't have this much information at our disposal. So we hope that we can help someone else out there and by you giving us a rating or review really helps us to get the show out to a new audience. But on that note, guys, I hope you all have a great week. I hope you are staying on top of your budget, making sure you're keeping up to date with that and we will speak to you all again next Friday. Happy planning. Bye.